0: Howdy. This is a... Fuck. Welcome to the fail... Uh... No, 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 I got this. I got this. All right. Welcome to the Art of the Fail. This is a podcast hosted by Christian Borgazan, co-founder of Bruja, and myself, Chris Buttonham, co-founder of Obi.ai. We chat with startups and entrepreneurs about their failures in hopes to uncover incredible lessons and unmask the stigma around failing today. Just get started. All right. Okay, everybody. This is another episode of The Art of the Fail. Uh, again, my name is Chris Buttenham, and I've got my boy Christian Borgazan here. Uh, I never know how to start this shit, so I'm just, gonna, <laughs> I'm just gonna dig right in.
1: The pronunciation on my last name though was perfect. Is it perfect? Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. I
2: was wondering that.
1: About... Yeah. <laughs> uh, today <laughs> we a, have it, an it's awesome a tough guest.
2: One.
0: Sorry. No problem. Way to just ruin my mojo here. I fucked up. Um, we have an awesome guest today here, Shauna Arnott. Shauna is from the Niagara region, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong on any of this, Shauna, but uh, she's the principal at Leverage Events, the lead planner of uh, Haste & Hustle, which I have a, a nice story to kick us off about that, and, and I believe a single mother of uh, one, what, what I would guess is rambunctious teenager. Is that correct? <laughs>
2: correct
0: (laughs) okay awesome well we're looking forward to digging into a couple stories that uh, that you have Shauna Um, but before that we're gonna get into the fuck-ups of the day before the fuck-ups of the day I just want to tell a little story about haste and hustle so uh, Shauna's first event um, haste and hustle um, was last year I believe and and it was um, I guess it was in 2017 yeah, it was uh, in February. Right, okay. And um, I actually had the privilege of speaking at it. Um, there's a lot of uh, top-tier um, entrepreneurs and, and business people speaking at this event. Um, but the story of how how I actually made it to the stage is, is quite interesting. I think Shauna will, will relate to Um if you recall, Sean, I sent you an email um, way back when, and noticed that uh, Gary Vaynerchuk was speaking at Hasten Hustle, and and I just fo- very forwardly said, um, uh, I love Gary. I'll like, I'll stack chairs if you want, if uh, you know, t- to volunteer so I can I can meet him. And you and you ended up calling me, and we had a few discussions um, that basically landed on me speaking on stage with Gary, which I thought was was quite funny and, and indicative of the uh, event name and <laughs> its nature.
2: Yeah, that was actually pretty cool. Yeah. Well, it out because I had literally just been thinking about trying to find some people to talk about chatbots, and right. to me it was just serendipity and and um, great timing.
0: Yeah, you were at Inbound the, 2017 or whatever, right? Or 2016, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, and that was a big topic of inbound. Okay, so Christian, um, mm-hmm. why don't you dig into your fuck-up of the day?
1: Sure, I'll hop into it. All right. Um, so it's not quite a fuck-up of the day, but it is something that I have been thinking about a lot more as of recently, and it's it's definitely something that, that all of us can um, can relate to, and... The reason why I've been thinking about it recently is because I've, I've kind of had a huge backlog with my emails lately and it's just something that I, I'm having difficulty getting through. So I would say what my fuck up or my failure is or, or maybe a, fa- a failure to, to recognize would be you know, a very simple thing, like I said, that all of us can relate to. And that's just not giving myself enough time or not blocking off time in my day to accommodate or to account for um, emails or just the, the general day to day, knowing that that stuff will easily take one to two hours of of my day. So what I I mean, what I typically do is I'll, I'll try to jam in two days worth of work in one day or or in six hours, and it does the opposite of setting me up for success. It, it, it just yeah. you know it does the complete opposite of that. Um, and and so what I do is I I put myself in these. Bad situations, and obviously that leads to a lot more stress and when you're not accomplishing your to dos or the, the tasks that you set out to do, um, you feel very unaccomplished so i can I can um attest to that actually you're terrible at answering emails <laughs> horrible
0: <laughs> but uh it's funny you brought that up because um I know some people that would argue very strongly that um They don't answer every email, and and, uh, it's not a priority to them. Mm -hmm. And I've always struggled with that, actually. I answer every email, and um, more so like a tip. This just works for me personally. It's like one thing that I I know that actually does work just for me um, trying a bunch of different things, is I, I try and answer almost every email when I get it. Right.
1: Which... Instantly,
0: right Yeah, it doesn't work yeah. for everyone, and I understand why, because of the context switching and stuff like that. So if I'm really heads down on something, I'll I'll put it off until I'm done that task or whatever, but um, I just think that's a really interesting one, because I know so many people that are completely split on that. Like yeah. They will blatantly ignore emails that they deem not priority, um, whereas I think you're sort of... Uh, I don't know. It says something about your... Your personality, or you know how you represent you in your business, um, for sure, and how you handle emails. But anyway, um, well, there there are tools out there that you can yeah I hit, heard hit, hit some, have you heard of the super, snooze Superhuman? No, I haven't. I hear it's like um, one of the best email tools. I'll check um, it out. I really have no qualms with Gmail. Actually, I'm I'm like an Inbox Zero kind of guy. So if I haven't addressed the email, it stays unread. Yeah, that's how I do it. But I uh, do that too. I think as as the volume increases, I might be looking for something more robust. Um, So mine is um, related to this podcast. um, And Christian helped me out with this. (laughs) Uh, We have found that uh, one of the fuck-ups so far, and I I like actually our concept of trying to build this out in the open, right? Like we're producing this sort of with everybody and learning as we go. And one of those learnings is... um, Either not recording early enough, or stop uh, stopping the recording too early. Uh, too early yeah. um, to find the loop. gold. The gold is is hidden there. It <laughs> is. Yeah. Oftentimes, like it's like you turn off the the record button, and then um, the tension um, goes by the wayside, and then all of the the gold Just content lettuce. is sitting there.
1: Yeah. And um, and it's funny. I I think anyone in any sort of broadcasting capacity whether it's being on air on the radio uh, on TV um, or even doing a podcast can relate to that that yeah. as soon as you stop recording that's when all of the gold comes yeah,
0: yeah. alright well um, that ends the uh, the fuck ups of the day Sean I'm gonna t- pass the torch on to you why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself about uh, leverage events and then hopefully dig into the uh, story
2: sure Um, Well, first of all, thanks for having me on, guys. This is awesome. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. um, It's funny, actually. A friend of mine was having dinner with Gary Vaynerchuk last night, and uh, she said to him, she asked him on my behalf. um, I didn't even know, but she did. What are some of the best ways to, you know, get out there? And he was like, get podcasting, get on podcasts. And I'm like, yes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Already in the hopper. Checked off that box
2: all right done that what's next <laughs> anyway so um yeah i started leverage events a few years ago i planned um lots of events for companies different like niagara college and the Niagara parks commission and different things and places and then i just decided to start my own sort of side hustle at the time mm-hmm. and um, i got a couple clients and i was planning their events on the side and then i finally just decided um, what year was it? 2015, I think. Just to kind of go on my own, so I did. I left my um, company at the time, and I um, started completely working on my own and uh, planning events exclusively for clients. And they were kind of all over North America, actually, which was kind of cool. Like this one client had. Uh, offices everywhere, and um so it worked out. I learned a lot and it was a lot of fun, but you know I needed to kind of continue building and make right. more you know income so then um I don't know i I really wanted to i I'm really really passionate about helping people and I see the struggles of you know early stage entrepreneurship and I just was like, I really want to do something for this this group of people because I'd gone to like some of these expensive conferences, and I was like
0: ah, uh, the startup vortex yeah <laughs>
2: I was like, you know what? All these people, like, there's so many people out there that can't afford to go to these conferences. They're starting their company and they're putting all their money into that, and that's right. not fair, you know. Like, you know, up in Canada. So I was like, let's bring an event to Canada. Like, let's bring some amazing speakers here and and really inspire and motivate that um, that group without having them, you know, and, and and inviting them to come, but where it doesn't break their bank, you know, and they can afford right. to come and see some amazing things and network with some great people. And so then, um, haste and hustle was born and I literally just, um, decided to do that. So now, and so now I have sort of two sides to my business. One is still, I plan lots of client events and, um, two is the, the produced side where I produce, um, events all under the haste and hustle banner as of yet. So yeah, it's fun.
0: Very cool. That's awesome. I, the one thing, uh, I always loved about haste and hustle is the brand. I think you
1: really nailed it. Yeah, on, it's uh, a really, it's a really good brand. Yeah. Thank you. And, and, and I think, too, um, something that really sticks out with me is just even the location of the event. Being in the Niagara region, I think that's a really good access point because it's an easy access for anyone in the GTHA, um, you know, or, or anyone in that Waterloo corridor area to get to, as well as a direct access to, you know, New York and, and those states there. I think Shauna may or may not
0: disagree with you on that when really? it comes to her story.
2: Yeah. Um, it's you know what, we thought the same thing. (laughs) 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 We we were wrong. Um no, you're you're right about that. I mean, it is all of those things. Um, I think, you know, like, so we ended up having, just to kind of dig into the story a little bit. So the event, um, you know, ended up happening. We had some pretty significant challenges selling tickets, though, and, and it kind of compounded right at the end. And, um, and I think part of the problem was that we had it in February in Niagara for two days. Had it only been one day, I think people would have trekked out from Toronto and Buffalo and wherever, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but having it for two days, um, it was just that far out that they didn't want to have to stay overnight and that sort of thing. So, so yes and no. I think the struggle to get people out to Niagara. People in Toronto think Niagara is like Africa. Like, it's, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean, like they're like. Yeah when I say when I'm even I was there yesterday and I was having a meeting with this guy and he's like, You live all the way to Niagara and I'm like it takes me literally one hour and ten minutes to get here. Yeah. Door to door.
0: I, I always find that fascinating because uh, I spent about six months in the Bay Area down in, in in California and it it was we literally commuted from Menlo Park to San Francisco every morning, which is at least an hour it, um, depending on like the the time of day that you're hitting the train or whatever and um it was a no thought it was like absolutely you would you would commute to san francisco that quickly i don't know if it's the traffic or the transit that like has this mental block in people's mind where like traveling from hamilton to uh to toronto or toronto to niagara because you're right it's not far
2: no it's not and i think. I think people just associate Niagara especially to, like, tourism. So they think of yeah. it as a vacation mm-hmm. destination as opposed to a place of commerce <laughs> and work <laughs> and where people reside. And I think – and I'm not even that far into the region. I live in a small town called Grimsby. It's, like, the border of the region. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're we're, – we're
1: neighbors practically. Yeah.
2: <laughs> um, I'll be over to borrow a cup of sugar later. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> Anyway, so, yeah, like, I don't know. I, I, so I think that there's that block in people's minds to get out here. Um, and then who knows? I mean, I, I think the first year you always struggle to get people out. And, and um, you know, like, just to kind of backtrack, it wasn't just that. I mean, for me, I mean, I started that event thinking of it from an event planner perspective and not an event producer perspective. So when you're an event planner, you know, you get given – You know, a budget and some money and, you know, and some directives and, you know, you have all the tools and you go and plan all the logistics and bada bing, bada boom you plan an event. Um, When you're an event producer, you have to do, you have to manage all those things Mm -hmm. and you have to sell it. Right. And so you have to have a very strong sales strategy. And so because I foolishly did not recognize that um, as my role early enough in the process, I didn't develop the sales, solid, excuse me, sales strategy, and 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 partially because I didn't even know how to do that. And so um, suddenly here I am, like trying to sell a major event, and not even realizing that's my role until I mean I did eventually, but too late in the game. And so in hindsight, that's what I see as, you know, really the undoing of of what happened and how we didn't, you know, succeed financially on that event. Right. And Thankfully. Yeah, so, I I mean, thankfully I had a very wonderful team that was amazing at all the logistics and they really picked up because at the end I was just trying to sell, sell, sell and not being able to perform the planner duties that I normally would have done and been kind of mentally capable to do. And um, so they kind of really picked up the the ball, and um, and I was just kind of out there gung ho, floating everybody. <laughs> and um, and and thankfully the event did. I mean, I'm sure you can attest to that. Mm-hmm. Like it did really well. Um, we had great feedback, and I always like to point that out because even in the midst of a a failure, there's still a lot of success. And um, I think for a lot of time, a long time, even after the event, it took me a while to see that. But when I look at it now, I'm like, yes, it was a huge success. It just had, you know, um, a section of it that didn't succeed.
0: (laughs) Definitely. I mean, I don't know if you can you can use that brush for everything. But in this case, I can say firsthand that it was, you know, it was a success. Not only was the content, I thought the content was good. Um, like, I'd like you to dig in if you if possible, but, you know, to, to some of the nitty-gritty and the magnitude of the ins and outs of the the certain shortcomings and, and what have you, but um, one of the things was the last-minute venue change um, ended up being really beautiful, in my yeah. opinion, um, but that could have been, slash probably was on the back end, a disaster. Yeah. Um, so if you can I don't know, speak to that, and then even the aftermath of all of that
2: (laughs) yeah so we ended up i mean basically what happened i mean we just didn't sell enough tickets and didn't sell enough and so we couldn't make our final payment for our venue and um you know they were phenomenal to us i don't ever want to say anything bad about them they were it's a beautiful venue white oaks is a beautiful venue and they were phenomenal but i mean they're a business too and And they were super, super um, patient. And so we ended up just not being able to make that final payment. And so we had to leave the venue. And um, so 12 hours before the (laughs) 12 12 hours. (laughs) 12 hours. wow. Uh, we were changing venues, and so um, we ended up um, getting connected up with actually the church that I attend, and and um, and it's and it's more of a theater than a church almost in its yeah. you know architecture. So definitely. they definitely you know it's, you don't even wouldn't even really know it's a church until you're, unless someone told you, right. um, almost. Um, so we we ended up you know asking them. They had the space and the time for us to rent it. And then I was just like running around doing, you know, getting um, permits and all the different things that we needed to get, you know, last minute, begging the LCBO to give us the permit in 24 hours and begging. (laughs) Which
1: which is a very hard ask and not to interject there, but I mean, can you just take us through like what was going on in your head when you had... When you knew that you had 12 hours to get all of this because that's a lot of stuff to get done in 12 hours like how many hours of sleep did you get if any oh i remember getting a call uh from
0: karina being like yeah change of plans i was like i'm okay you get you poor you poor bastards (laughs) like i'm sure are dying they
2: they like i have to give them the all the credit because they were phenomenal like Mm -hmm the best planners that you could ever hope to have. Um, but for me, it was, I think for me, I mean, this was, I went into this, you know, pretty like eyes wide open that I was in for a pretty major loss financially. Right. And um, and that was devastating to me. Like I, I'm i not like some like uber rich person that I can just afford to like write off a couple, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think <laughs> many people can. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, yeah, that's a lot.
1: That's a lot of zeros.
2: It was, and it was like I was like honestly, it was probably the worst two days of my life. Like right. I look at it now, and I'm like, I hardly even remember because I think the stress that I was enduring and the tiredness, and you know, and it hadn't been, and it wasn't like it was just those two days. Like I had been like pushing on all pistons for like a month and a half because mm-hmm. I could see it, like mid December. Is when we missed our first payment on something And asked them to hold off And and then the problem is Is that once January hit Then everything was due And
1: right. so I was like
2: trying to like figure out Like you know how much money we had And what was priority And like figuring that out and, and you're under so much stress That you don't You really don't And you're in the midst of it So you're not exactly like On your A game When you're making decisions mm-hmm. At all So I think that you know the struggle there was for me. Like I was just like devastated, even though like I was so excited and I was trying to maintain that positivity throughout the event, just to be like, "This is amazing! It's happening."
1: Yeah, yeah, you kind of have to, but and and that that positivity trickles down to your team too, right? So mm-hmm. if they see you kind of upset or really beating yourself down, then it's then it's going to get passed on to uh to to your, yeah. t- your team as they, well.
2: I think they did see that a bit. It's hard mm-hmm. to totally, you, you know absolutely. I think they definitely did, and I, I mean, I saw it in them too. like they were you know they were devastated because they knew that they were gonna you know feel the effects of that loss as well right so I mean, um, and you know and I and that is actually one of my greatest um, sadnesses in the sense like that I put them through that like i I think about that every day. I hate that, right yeah. Yeah. but you know, like. I don't think. And so anyway, the, the, the whole point is like, you're just making decisions like the best you can and you're just, you know, some are good and some are terrible. Like you're just like, and even to this day, like some decisions you make are right. And some decisions are wrong and whatever. Right. But you, you know, you just have to kind of always be evaluating and asking yourself, was that right? Was that wrong? Was that good, bad, whatever. So anyway, it was really, really hard. And, um, And I, you know, I tried to, I think I was just, like, going through the motions. Like, barely, barely sort of, like, knowing what was happening. And, um, anyway, but it ended, and Mm -hmm. that, you know. And you're still
1: standing. You're still standing. That's, yeah, that's the good part about it. Would you you say that, like, going through that, you were, would you say that you were kind of in almost, like, a a state of shock?
2: Yeah. Haven? I absolutely would. Like, Mm -hmm. we, like, honestly honestly watching things happening right and not even see, like and, and, and it's almost like i was watching myself watch you know going down the tubes yeah you guys, to there
0: yeah 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 can you hear us oh
2: hello
1: hello can you hear us did we cut out uh-oh Here's a learning. Uh-oh. I feel a learning coming up. So we're not going to cut uh, this out. Hey,
2: sorry about that. No That's problem.
1: Okay. Was that I, us or you, do you think?
2: I have no idea. It just said, call dropped.
1: Interesting. Cause it's so it's funny because I, I, I was just telling Chris at the beginning of the episode when we were trying to get sorted out, he didn't want to say that we were having any technical <laughs> difficulties, but I think it's uh, it's safe to say no. <laughs> we did experience some. Okay, so we'll
0: get back on track with the, um, the story. I think just wrapping it up more or less um how did you you know looking back on it you know, we've touched on a few points throughout the the story of how haste and hustle didn't or, or did come about um how did you look back or how do you look back on it now and reflect on some key moments both You know, like you said, I think one of the most interesting things you said was mid-December, you knew there was a train wreck coming. That was really interesting to me. And then I've heard you speak previously about the, um, very candidly, the depression that comes afterwards, right? And I don't think that's abnormal for any entrepreneur. So I I like to bring those things to the forefront. Uh, Do you have any thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't think I saw the train wreck that was coming, I saw the, I knew we were in for challenges that I, I don't think I could have predicted that it was going to be as bad as it was. Not at all. Yeah. Like I, I knew we were struggling and I was like, and I just I just was like I'm trying and and everyone everyone that I talked to was like oh people buy tickets at the very end it's all coming in at the end and I was like okay I'm trusting all this right. and I had and, and it wasn't like random people it was like people who run events and produce them like they all say said it to me so I was like okay it's coming in at the end and you know and I was also working on a lot of different you know initiatives so I don't like I don't think I definitely didn't see the the train wreck that it was. That's even
0: more interesting.
2: Yeah, I just was really trying to trust the process, and I knew I was like hustling, and I knew I was trying really hard. Um, but I look back and I see—I definitely see things I should have done differently, but didn't know it even at the time. Like I should have dropped rooms at the hotel and I should have communicated friendly to my stakeholders and you know, all those things that in the midst of it, you're just like, ah, you know, like you're not yeah. thinking of stuff because all you're thinking about is trying to get revenue. In. And right. so it's sort of the, everything else kind of falls to the, you know, the wayside. Um, well, but no, having yeah. been
0: in, uh, you've, I think you've completed additional events and you're, uh, ramping up to do this generation now coming up in Toronto in January, I believe. Correct. February. Uh, oh, February. And what are so knowing what you know now and and having uh, you've been promoting this new event for quite some time. What are the fun like? Are some of those um, uh, assumptions about location time? Uh, um. Are you, wait. Are you a glutton for punishment? Because you said that February wasn't a good time. Or was that just because of Niagara?
2: Uh, that was so. So, um, what happened? Just to give you a little bit of background, is um, you know, Gary was, you know, generous enough to offer to do another event for me. Right. Free. Right. And um, because he knew sort of what happened. Right. And. That guy just has the biggest heart ever, and so he's like, "Let's do another event." And he wanted to do one in September. However, there's a lot going on, and I'm also very committed to supporting Archangel, and that was happening, so I didn't want them to overlap. And so then he said, "Let's do it in February because it'll align with his book tour because he's going to be um, promoting his new book that comes out in January." Right. So I um so no, I'm not a glutton for punishment, but I'm also doing. <laughs> I know, it does worry me a little. But at the same time, um, you know, I I decided to do it in a very central location in downtown Toronto, which makes it very easy for people to get to um, in a a huge market. Um, Even outside of um, Toronto, you can take the GO train from, you know, Burlington or. You know Whitby or wherever directly to the Union Station, so it's pretty easy to get to. Um, And then I also made the price point, you know, significantly less. Like it's only ninety nine dollars for students, and one fifty nine for anyone else. So it's a very like low price point, so it's super accessible. Because I'm like, I just need to make sure we sell tickets. Yeah. Then I basically took everything I learned, and continue to learn. Like that's one thing I have to reiterate over and over in my mind even is that, yeah, I learned a whole bunch of lessons but um, back in February, but so I have to still say to myself on a regular basis, what do I still need to learn? What am I still struggling with? How can I make it better even still? Mm-hmm. So I still go through that. But I mean, basically, it's the sales strategy. I mean, I've just like taken a whole bunch of sales training and um, and continue to work with um, a guy named Daniel Moskowitz from Powerful uh, Sales Solutions, who's amazing. If anyone ever needs a good sales <laughs> trainer, he's and um, and I'm just working really hard like I literally dial for dollars at this point you know like I'm constantly calling companies trying to sell group sales and trying to sell sponsorships and, and it's working slowly but surely but I mean you have to I had to, like, really audit what I did wrong and, and make a, a whole heck of a lot of changes. Yeah. So, and there's still changes. I, you know, I'm probably still making mistakes, but oh, I feel you
0: definitely like... definitely are. Everyone is, right? Yeah. yeah,
2: everyone is. But that's, you know, that's okay. And, um, and it's just a matter of, you know, listening to the people around you when they say, th- you know, when they say this is what you're doing wrong and trying to, you know, really, uh, you know, take their advice or apply it, you know? So... Mm-hmm yeah it's a, it's a it's a battle
1: now with, but, with these but, um with with the lessons learned do do you have like a specific mechanism or or process in place like were you writing down all of these things in a particular document and kind of going from there
2: um initially i did so initially right when after the event I just like audited it like on my own and then with my team and just like wrote everything down and and tried to almost like map it out right. and just spent a lot of time with it plus it's in my head every day. I mean, I'm not like yeah. out of the weeds yet. Like I'm still kind of getting out of that. So, um yeah, I I have to kind of spend a lot of time doing that and and I review those notes. And then what I recently started doing cuz I made a, you know, a you know, I had some mistakes I made in the summer again, nothing too crazy, but like things that were significant to my team. And I, I realized, oh my gosh, like I still have to learn this one lesson and, you know, about communication and some of the ways I was like keeping people in the loop about things. And I was like, gosh, like how did I not learn this lesson way back? And it's sort of like you, you sometimes have to go back and revisit, like what do I And that's why I say now I ask myself every week, what do I need to learn today? or yeah. what am I, what do I still need to learn from this? What am I still sucking at? What am I still like, what are the lessons? And it's funny because ever since I've started asking myself that question, like, I think it was like back in early September, late August. And, um, it's changed a lot of things. I, I've recognized a lot of different things and I think it kind of comes down to, and I know Gary always says this, it kind of comes down to self-awareness. Mm-hmm. but. If, it truly does. Like you have to be aware of what you're doing and the impact it's having on others and what you're not doing and the impact
1: it's having on others. Right. Well, that's actually exactly what I was going to say is that that mentality sort of molds you in a way to become a lot more self, self aware yeah, We've talked actions. a lot about that
0: on this podcast is, yeah. is self-awareness because there's, there's a lot less right and wrong and a lot more priority and context and things like that that you need to think about. Right. If, like so You were talking about some of the learnings that you were dissecting and, you know, um, uh, have you imp- implemented those into this event and, and what are the new learnings on this event that didn't happen in the last event? And a lot of that, in my opinion, um, it has to do with the priorities of, of the events and the timings, right? Because, um, you know, the first event um, had to be successful in X, Y, Z fashion and the next event has to be successful in xyz fashion because um you can't do absolutely everything um each time right and you can't uh, hit the nail on the head every single time you go out um to bat so i think it's it's important to to think about that too priority
2: yeah it's true and and it's funny because i know um, even with my next event generation now like my i'm actually going to speak at it myself and talk about And I'm going to share this story. And I think, you know, what I've learned is so significant, I think, for entrepreneurs. You know, I feel like my story is, you know, it's a pretty, like, extreme story. I hope no one ever has to go through what I've had to go through. But um, I think it helps people. Like, I'm just trying to be really honest. That's why I'm, like, so happy to share the story. Yeah. although you know, there can be a lot of shame and stigma around this. I, I don't even care. I'm just like, I need people to learn from what I did wrong. And I need people to learn that there's always hope and there's always answers. And there's always a way out. And there's always a path. And you know, like, there's so much that you can do to, you know, fail forward, as you say. <laughs> as they say. Yeah, and and, that's what the, uh,
0: that's what I respect the hell out of you for. Like, absolutely. And that's the whole point of this podcast, right? Mm-hmm. I, you literally it's probably actually the most most eloquently it's been spoken about we we tend to at the at the head of or at the end of each episode it comes down to the stories and why you're why you're telling them and and the whole point behind it but i think you've you've really described it uh perfectly
1: Mm -hmm. yeah i would i would absolutely agree with that i'm
0: really glad that you're you're Going to tell the story generation now because I think it's it's it's
1: it's a really great story. I think it's yeah. Not only that, I think it's and one of the reasons why Chris and myself were so excited to get you on the podcast is because it's really one of those stories that people need to hear. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, you said you.
0: about about um, you don't want everybody to necessarily have to go through the magnitude that you went through. Well, I, that's they can now go through that through this. Right?
2: Yeah, they. Yeah, that's right. They can, and um, I mean, and I guess everyone's gonna fail on some level in something. You know, if they wanna, if they're doing anything of value, that's my opinion. Like, mm-hmm, of course, if you're doing something of value, and you're really stretching yourself, and you're growing, um, and you're pushing the limits. You're gonna fail on something because that's just, you know, like I was trying to push the limits of what I could do. Right. And um, and in, in some ways it didn't work, and so many other ways it did. Absolutely. And um, and so I. I think you know just gives people so I mean they're gonna do it but it also what I want people to know is that you can recover because I feel I feel like when I in like in March like right after the event mm-hmm. like even well like February March I honestly for a while just was like I don't know what to do I kind of had my head in the sand I just sort of was like I mean I knew Gary had said he would do this other event with me and I but I you know like you still have to for me, I still have to go to a ton of work to put on another event. Oh yeah, event, that wasn't the
0: course. nail in the coffin yeah. for sure.
2: Oh, absolutely not. Like, I mean, I'm still like, oh my god, I gotta sell this event, and I gotta get people there, and I gotta make it work. Otherwise, what? You know, it's all for naught. So I think, um, I, I I don't know. I just I just want people to know that they can recover. There is a way, and and I'm just happy to know that there is. I mean. I'm still seeing the, I'm still going through the process and I'm not through it yet, but you know, it's just a day at a time, right?
1: Right. Thank you
0: so much, Shauna, for sharing. Sorry to cut you off.
1: No, I I was going to say, and I think that's, um, that's the key lesson in in all of this is that you can bounce back and you can recover Mm -hmm. from, Mm -hmm. from something like this. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today, Shauna. Thanks, Um,
2: Shauna.
0: Yeah. We'll keep My in plan. touch. Good luck with Generation Now. Good luck with everything else, and uh, and we appreciate your time.
2: Thanks so much, guys. I appreciate you having me on.
0: You're very awesome. great okay. Bye.
2: Bye.